Hey folks, it's Victoria Stillwell here. Thanks so much for tuning in to our Positively podcast. I just wanted to take a moment to thank our wonderful sponsor for this season, Adaptil. Did you know that having strangers in the home over the holidays or when you visit the veterinarian, that this can be really stressful for many dogs? But fortunately, there's help and it's called Adaptil for Dogs. Adaptil mimics a naturally produced pheromone that truly helps reduce stress in dogs, helping alleviate many stress-related behaviors. And if you want to learn more, go to Adaptil.com. The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Ferfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of sweaty balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready, ready to go. go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy day. I need to trim her whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. Hmm, look where we are. We're back again. You can't get rid of us, can you? No, you can't. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Uh, we got a great show for you today, but before we start... You have some housekeeping notes. I do have some housekeeping notes. Right. Um, <laughs> okay. There's some great events coming up. Okay. And um, the first one I'm going to tell you about is Guardians of the Night. Yes, <gasps> people, you've been waiting for four years for this. But it's here. Have you been really filming Finally, that for four for years? four years. No wonder the video is so amazing. Four years. Wow. Yes, Guardians of the Night People is starting to air February the 21st. It's going to be on my YouTube channel and mm. on my Facebook. It is hot, hot, hot. And um, we're very, You're very excited about, the, the about cops, it. Right? Yeah, the cops, yeah. of course, they are, and the dogs are better. No, it's it's a really it's it's a great web series, and it's starting February the twenty first. So please tune in and share with your friends. We want to show everybody what these brave guys and these brave dogs do. And I can tell you, so I'm just a disclaimer here. Um, I actually saw a lot of the footage. I've seen some of the shows. I've seen some of the clips. And I actually went out there because we did a story about you, Victoria, which I don't know if it's up yet. It'll, we're going to give it to you. We'll put it on the website. We did a story all about Victoria. Why? You're just going to have to watch it on Positively.com. You'll see it. But um, it was amazing to see just just the little glimpse of a few, you know, like a couple hours that we spent with you. It was amazing. And the video is incredible. Thank I mean, you. oh my gosh. And Thank the moment you. that I come up, I'm like, where are all the dogs? And they're like, what do you mean where are all the dogs? And all of a sudden I hear this barking in the back of trucks. I'm like, oh wait, there's the dogs. Why don't you bring them out? And they're like, one of the police officers said to me, because he'll eat you. <laughs> I was like, okay, then let's leave the dog in the car. Can I see him? They're like, nope, don't make eye contact with them. Don't look at them. Don't talk to them. And I was like, oh, you're serious about this stuff. Like dead serious. Some of them are like that. Others are very friendly. You yes. know, it just, it just, they're all different. They're all different. Can so. I ask you a question about that? Yeah. Because I was wondering, and actually my editor wanted to know too, because we've been putting all this together about you, and um, those dogs that are the ones that you can't really talk to, you can't, you know what I mean? Like the ones that are, I know these officers bring them home. They're family dogs too. When they're off the clock, they take care of them. Do those dogs go home with them as well? Or do the ones that are really just, I mean, you say for the worst of worst situations, because they're such 
powerful dogs. Well, you know, it's interesting so because um, really the personality of the dog, uh, you know, you've got these dogs that will, they're patrol dogs, so they kind of do everything. They do tracking, they detect odor um, of illegal drugs, and they also um, apprehend. Mm-hmm. So, and some of them that do all three are very friendly. Mm-hmm. Others of them are very guarded. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not well socialized. They might get on, the f- on with the family, but they don't get on with anybody else they're just oh, not social animals and so um all the dogs live at home with okay. the handlers now some of the dogs don't live inside the home mm-hmm. they have lovely kennels outside mm-hmm. um but yeah most of them are in-home dogs that's what i was wondering yeah. good to know yeah yes Very and cool. uh, and when the dog when the dog's sort of service life is over they retire with their handler which is awesome i know it's great and anyway let me tell you the video i mean it is world-class video it is unbelievable i cannot wait to see them all and i asked vic i said are you going to release it all at once like they do on netflix and amazon she's like nope once a week and i'm like ah yeah torture yes we go we want to build it up we want to build it up and then you know if there's another season and you know we'd love it for it to be on amazon or one of the things so we'll see we'll see but anyway guardian the night is coming i've got another thing to tell you about as well Pen Farthing from Nowzad is coming on February 25th. We're going to talk a little mm. bit about Nowzad um, mm-hmm. after we uh, talk to our guests that we have here. And um, Pen Farthing, a former Marine who was in Afghanistan, and he befriended animals out there. Mm-hmm. And then he started an organization that helped uh, with soldiers that when they were fighting out there, they befriended dogs and cats and adopted them. But, of course, when they came back to this country or back to the U.K. or back to wherever they were from, they couldn't take their animals with them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Nowzad was formed so that these servicemen and women could afford to do so, to do so, and mm-hmm. bring the animals that they adopted in Afghanistan home with them. So, but also now Penfarthing is amazing because he has created the first um, or founded the first rescue shelter in Kabul. Wow. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, he has female veterinarians there. I love it. Isn't it amazing? So it's an amazing organization. He His talk is fascinating. It will blow your mind. If you want to come and hear him live um, and come and meet me live, then it is um, on February the 25th at K9 PhD in Decatur, Georgia, and um, from 6.30 to 8.30. And go onto my Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Victoria Stillwell, and you will find out more information about. Just go to the events part of my Facebook. Is that, is that a big place or is it going to be limited tickets? Like going to be limited tickets. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be limited tickets. I mean, but, you know, get and, there. And um, get there if, if his name sounds familiar, CNN uh, made him. He was one of CNN's heroes. Did he win the big thing? He, I think he won I it. I think he won it all. I think he was yes. the CNN hero of the year. Yeah. Um, was that last year or the year before? It was the year before, I mm. think, last year. I think it was mm. 2015. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember watching that and just thinking, wow, I mean, I get chills thinking about it. And, you know, he really is an amazing man. Yeah, he, he is. Okay, then then the next <clears throat> thing I want to tell everybody about um, is Crufts. Crufts is coming, and uh, I will be at Crufts, and uh, that is in March. But the thing that I have been but, working on... But people don't know what Crufts is. Oh, Crufts is, is the it's largest like, dog show in the world. It's like Westminster, now, I'm not big. I'm not a big dog show person. I have to say that now, but Crufts is like the size of Madison Square Garden times four. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not really part of the dog show part. I'm part of everything else that celebrates the dogs. Mm-hmm. So we have the police dogs there. We have the hearing dogs for um, hearing impaired. We've got... Uh, I mean, it, it is the largest expo, the largest dog-centric, amazingly awesome show for four days when is it birmingham england and it is march i think it's sort of march 9th 10th 11th around there i wish i could go we've got a booth there come and see us in hall four booth 45 come and rock out 
I love it. We're going to be there. Um, And I also want to tell people, please get your tickets for the 2017 National Dog Bite Prevention and Behavior Conference. Mm. It's happening in Kingston-upon-Thames, the United Kingdom, Kingston University, Saturday the 24th of June 2017, and uh, Sunday 25th of June 2017. If you want to find out more, please go to positively.com forward slash DBC. Get your tickets now. It is an ama- We have the most incredible lineup of speakers. Sarah Fisher, Chirag Patel, Kendall Shepard, um, Grisha Stewart, Daniel Mills. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's it's the most amazing conference. So it's not just about dog bites, not just about aggression. It's about behavior in general. You will learn so much. And that's happening. So get your tickets now. Can I just carry your bags everywhere? And I love that. It's Kingston upon Thames. I'm going to rename mine. I'm Furfur upon Easement. <laughs> Don't you like Furfur that? Furfur upon Come, Easement? Yeah, we have an easement on our piece of property. You know, I, I was like, I like to call it a stream, but it's actually an easement. It goes into the, into the, you know, into the gutter. Into the gutter. Yeah, it's kind of, a, <clears throat> it's the, uh, yes. Yes. So when everybody says, where's this party? I'll be like, it's at the Furfur upon Easement. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's great it for the barrel sounded... there, old girl. <laughs> I know, isn't it? She's Lovely. Kingston upon Thames. <clears throat> I do. That's another English expression. You yes. call everybody old girl. I call my daughter who's 12, old girl. Um, I love it. She's she just calls me use worse. That as an English... Oh, it's an English expression. She'd be like, oh my God, look at those shoes. They're horrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just an English expression. <laughs> ah, you see, you can get away with anything being English. Anyway, so, um, but here's what I want to talk, talk to you about. Yeah. The Victoria Stowell Academy for Dog Training and Behavior. This is what we've been working on for five years. We've had the most amazing first year. We had two classes, um, two groups of students in the U.S., one group of students in the U.K. It's incredible, and I'm very excited to introduce you now to Ali Lesnar, who is our mentor coordinator and, I mean, my gosh, everything else uh, to do with the VSA Academy, and she's going to be talking to her. So if you want to be a dog trainer or if you just want to learn more about dogs, you want to start a career, start a business, then the VSA Academy is for you. Hi, Allie. Hello, how are you Hi, doing? Hi, Allie. Hello, Holly. I got a chance to go see that too as part of the story we did on Victoria, and it's really cool. Like, I thought, oh, is this going to be boring? You know, you think Academy classrooms and stuff, but like, you know how they have bring your dog to work day and everyone's happier? It's like bring your dog to school every day, and it's great. Because it's hands-on and you're working with dogs. You're not just reading a PowerPoint. Oh, no, 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 no. We, 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 it's a really practical course and that's mm-hmm. why we want it. That's why it's sort of kind of a game changer in the industry. It's very unique. We have this mixture of in-person, so you come for an intensive mm-hmm. for um, six days with us and then you go back to where you, to where you live mm-hmm. and you work with one of our industry leading mentors and then you come back or you do that for 60 days then you come back to us for another seven days and then you go back to where you live for another 90 days and to work with mentor again and then you um, do your exams and hopefully you pass but it is practical so when you come do your in-person intensives with myself and other great faculty that we have Lisa mm-hmm. and Brad Wagner being one of them Nicole Smith Paula Bloom um and um, you, we do a lot of hands-on with dogs. So you really get to hone your skills. And uh, But let's have Ali talk more about it. Yeah, oh. so like, what exactly do they do at the academy? Well, and, and I just want to kind of add, in fact, we had over 50 dogs at the last intensive that came over those several days. So it was wow. really great. The, the um, students got to work with a variety of different dogs, including a wonderful Neapolitan Mastiff. So if you don't know what that is, it's the, is the it? dog from uh, Fang from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So they got to work mm-hmm. with a wonderful 
Neapolitan Mastiff. Then they had little Yorkies that were totally cute. <laughs> Cavalier King Charles. We had rescue dogs. Aww. We had dogs, uh, search and rescue dogs that were being trained to do search and rescue. A wonderful Malinois. And then we had... Uh, we had Dobermans. We had Dobermans. Rottweiler. We had some um, bully Australian breeds. Shepherds. I saw two beautiful brother and sister yeah. Australian oh, yeah. Shepherds. Yeah. Ooh, they were great. They are. So, so, when, so say somebody says, okay, I'm interested. Um, like give us a little overview. Like the first week, what happens when they come? So when they come to the first intensive, which is called our primer intensive, that's when we go over the nitty gritty, the, which to me is geeking out on dog science, but it's canine ethology, how dogs communicate, reading oh. their body language, learning theory, canine emotions. Can dogs, do dogs feel emotions? What feelings do they have? And how do we know this? And how is it evidence-based? So Victoria is so thorough with going through this, the science and the current science we're constantly updating updating our curriculum with the latest scientific studies and how to interpret those and what that means to dog trainer and how they communicate that information to a client, which is probably one of the toughest things to do. So we have a multimodal approach. I mean, not only with the entire academy, but now we have this kind of three pillar approach of talking about hands-on training with dogs and getting those skills under your belt. And you feel comfortable with those in the first intensive, as well as talking about humans, how to communicate with humans. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Paula Bloom is amazing for that. She really helps very students understand how to change human behavior and perhaps perception about their dogs and help them understand and bond with their dogs and, and take it to the next level. And I would imagine it's good for somebody who wants to learn how to train dogs because you're also training people too. So you have to communicate well with people and interact because you're going to get all kinds of people like you get all kinds of dogs. Absolutely. Yes. It's so difficult. I would say uh, I was a dog trainer myself and the most difficult thing is to deal with the human mm -hmm. clients and to convince them to get on board and do the best thing for their dog. So in addition to working with dogs and working with people, we also have our marketing and business help. So Nicole comes in and teaches our students all about what it means. First of all, find find your why. Why do you want to do this? Why do you help want to why do you want to change the world and help help humans help their dogs? So it's it's a really dynamic couple days. That's great because yeah, it's not just all because you're so altruistic you want to help the world's dogs and people, but it's a business. You want to make money on this and you want to be successful so you can continue doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. And the hardest part is Yes, maybe maybe you are altruistic. Maybe you do also want to have a successful business, and both of those things can come together. But still, convincing someone that they need to buy your product and believe what you say and implement that and make have changes with their dog—that's the hardest part to and me. And that's the first week. Yes, so that's in the first week. And then they go back and work what they've worked on, what they've learned with mentors, so people who have already you know gone through the program or are trainers. No, are no, they were, it's not. Our mentors that haven't gone through the program. Our mentors are already working in the industry. Industry. So now, I mean, these so that's when I come in. Yeah, yeah. So that's when I come in as the mentor coordinator. It's my job to go out and seek the best of the best in the industry at this time. Um, so I go and find a mentor in the area where the student's currently located, and I find the mentors and I train them to the Victoria Stillwell Academy standards. Teach them exactly what we expect of them, and then they help their students. They're on the ground. Um, maybe not necessarily every day, but these students have access to them throughout these periods and they're accomplishing different activities. So they have set activities. Um, the students have set activities that they will accomplish with their mentor. During the first period where they go back home for the 60-day period, they're continuing their dynamic education with VSA online. They have their live cyber classes with different faculty members, including Victoria herself. They also have their online classes, which those are self-driven. They're open every two weeks. And Topics range from communicating with clients to private lessons to group classes and, again, communicating with people and dogs. 
And they also have these activities with their mentors. And the activities um, for this first module are all about observing and assisting their mentors. So you get to see someone who's a dog trainer. I mean, a professional, successful dog trainer who is performing their duties day to day. So they're going, they're doing private lessons. They're doing group classes. So students get to go in and go behind the scenes and get to see what it's like to be a dog trainer and learn the ins and outs of working with clients and dogs and even the marketing and business aspects of things. They also go to a dog park where, with their mentor where the mentor talks to them about dog behavior and body language. They get to apply those skills that they learned at the intensive with their mentor, hopefully show off some of their new skills, point out some behaviors. They also, The students also get some ha um, hands-on work with dogs with their mentors. So they have their skill-building sessions, which is where their mentors observe them working with dogs, providing feedback, positive feedback, mm -hmm. and also helping them hone their skills. They also have mock calls, or we call them kind of like how you intake a client. So mm -hmm. just that time of converting a client from just an inquiry into a paying client that's interested that you're going to help make a change, positive change with their dog. And we also have um, a we encourage our students to reach out and find other seminars and webinars to attend of interest uh, topics of their choice, and as well as an optional dog event where they could go network, go meet other dog trainers, dog owners, rescues in the area. And then, of course, there's the ever-important shelter work. So we encourage our students to give back, go to your local shelter, experience what they're their situation is or what wonderful dogs that they have there and to learn about their protocols, their best practices, volunteer, and also get some more hands-on time with dogs. So bonding with dogs and possibly training shelter dogs if that's available in their area and getting that hands-on work. Dang, you're good. Yeah, isn't she great? I was like, you trained her well. Great. She oh, they no. all turned out I'm like this. You, it's perfect. She's, she's amazing. What was, your, what was your degree in? No, I ended up in biology. Biology. I, yeah. She's she's amazing. Oh my gosh. Kidding. Um yeah, yeah, I was like and it's it's got I mean you cover all the bases. Like if there's something that oh, we you do. don't know about a dog, then you fell asleep for 10 minutes Absolutely. because it sounds like you do mm. everything. We really do. I mean, we really really do. I've been in this business for a long 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 time. So I wanted to make sure that it's not just an interactive experience for these students that they're going to learn a hell of a lot. They're going to learn the business and maybe all my failures they're going to learn from <laughs> and not to do themselves because hey I've failed a lot you know I failed on TV too it's not but you know what it's not failing it's learning <laughs> it's learning absolutely so um, we're excited now there is still time we've still got a few slots left for our March class which is starting on the 1st of March and it's here and in Georgia right it's here in Georgia but you, you come. get people from all over the country all over oh, the world yeah. you get people oh. from other parts New Zealand they come and stay. we've got New hotels. Zealand Jordan, Jordan Australia Chile yep Oh, from Canada. Everywhere. We have many great students mm -hmm. from Canada awesome. have come down. I just, you know, Victoria, I wish that this course had been around when I got started in dog training. I mean, graduating from college, I had an excellent background and what were, what I thought was a great background in biology and learning theory and learning about animals. But as I know more about the academy, oh my goodness, I wish this was around when I was getting well, started. Well, thank you. I wish and it was around when I was getting started mm -hmm. as well. Is, no, I, I tell you. It's I mean, definitely the most comprehensive program at getting started is taking you from someone with, with, you know, some experience, especially. Um, some of our most successful students are dog walkers and pet sitters that are trying to make that leap into training. And we've had amazing, amazing people come from the corporate world that want to make that change. They're not happy. They're sitting at a desk wondering, what am I doing here? Am I making an impact? They go home and they love spending time with their dogs. And they say, you know what? I, it's time to make a change. And it's well, guys as well as women. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Mostly women, but we get a lot of guys. And too. like, what if you, you know, like for me, who I'm very interested in it, I'm fascinated. I like you know me, I like animals better than I like people. And so 
you know, I don't, I have a career, I want to continue doing it, but I love learning about it. Could I do this? Or even if though I don't want to go into the business right now, I mean, who knows in the future, but just to know about the way dogs think and how to train my own dogs or help my friends. Yeah, absolutely. So it's totally a course that can be taken in conjunction with a full-time job. The, the, the only difficult part would be to plan the intensives. But mm-hmm. again, those dates are online. You can find them on our website. Yes. And you can plan ahead. So yes, we, we still have some slots open for the f- March the 1st. If you want to take that leap, we welcome you. And um, so the course date starts March the 1st. The primer intensive where you come to Atlanta um, goes from the um, 15th to the 21st of March. And um, the... Um, Field study dates are from March the 20th to May the 16th. That's when you're home with your mentor. And then the uh, core essentials go from May the 19th to the 25th when you're here with us again here in Atlanta and then carry it. So really from, um, you know, we'd love to have you here. Um, If you can't make the March class, then we have here in the United States, we have the October class starts the... um, 19th of October Um, but if you're in the UK and you find it you want to come to the UK then it starts on June the 15th so anyway go to our website which is vsdogtrainingacademy.com and you can find out more information and I got a really wacky kind of nutty dog he's a little special no I think Holly you're past it no but I was gonna say (laughs) if anyone would like to try and work with my dog I would be happy to volunteer him it would be a challenge for even the most skilled trainer. <laughs> hey, you got something on your mind? What are you, a wizard, a genius? How do they make a miniature? I mean, is there some way, some process they they physically miniaturize the dog, or is it a puppy, or what, what the devil is going on? That's a really good question. I've got my work cut out for me here. Next time you want to know something, can you repeat the yes. question? Why don't you ask Victoria? She's the expert with this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, you obviously don't dog. know my dog. Just ask Victoria. Ask Victoria is sponsored by our good friends at Zooks. For over 20 years, Zooks has been making healthy, natural dog treats that energize and entice your dogs. And they continue to innovate with a new line of nutritious food launched this year. Now, all of Zooks treats and food choices are, thankfully, free of harsh additives, preservatives, and common allergens like wheat, corn, and soy. And I think the reason why my dogs love them so much is because they're made with the best, wholesome, nutrient-rich ingredients that nature has to offer. Zooks provides dogs the fuel they need to enjoy adventures and embrace training time. If you want to learn more, go to zooks.com. Okay, so it's that time where everybody learns everything and they learn what they don't know. They don't know what they don't know, so they learn it. Did that make sense? So not. I love that phrase. They don't, you don't know what you don't know. It says so much, but yet it's so confusing. Yeah. You convinced me so much. I agree with you. Yeah. Thank you. See, yeah. it's my, that's my, absolutely. That's my charm. Uh, in case you don't know, this is Allie. Allie is, uh, she runs the Victoria Stillwell. Okay. I'm going to get the name wrong of it. Victoria dog Stillwell training. Academy of dog training and behavior. Okay. There you go. I knew it was going to get, whatever. Yes. Bam. Uh, so let's do some Ask Victoria. And since you're here, you're a dog trainer too. So jump yeah. in because you may have some interesting, uh, we will not try to stop. It's great. Band. We can do Ask Victoria and Allie. Okay, yes, to our special episode of Ask Victoria <laughs> and Allie. And let's start with um, Nicole from Norwich, UK. Norwich. 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 Yeah, there's a W in there. I don't know. <laughs> They're like, oh, just forget about the W. Put it in there, but don't say anything about it. 
It's like, don't tell nobody. Okay, here's Nicole's question from Norwich. Um, What are the advantages of reward training over compulsive training? Is punishment a necessary component of training? Is that what compulsive is, is punishment? Yes, compulsive is more um, compulsion training is when you're, you're using more sort of techniques that are designed to suppress behavior or um, using fear or pain or to be able to train your dog. So, for example, let's say we call a compulsion trainer would use a shock collar or a compulsion trainer would use a prong collar or a choke collar to hurt the dog into walking well on the lead. Or um, they would use a technique where they would punish their dogs by um, maybe tapping them or worse, you see them rolling them on or, them like yeah, I'm rest- king, restraining them. And it's the whole theory, the whole idea of you know if you dominate your dog into submission, your dog will will mm-hmm. behave. And we're very different. Positive training follows modern day behavioral and cognitive science because we know. And in answer to her question, um, we know that when positive training encourages dogs to learn it motivates dogs to learn and whilst they're learning they're having fun and whilst they're learning and they're having fun they're creating this amazing bond with you and then whilst they're learning and having fun and creating a bond with you they learn to trust you and all of these components make up a dog that listens to you When you ask it to do something, it listens to you. When you ask it to come back to you when you call it, it comes back to you because you're the best thing ever. That's the difference. Positive training really puts the emphasis on encouraging the dog to learn, giving the dog choices, um, and really promoting a confident, emotionally stable dog. Compulsion training is different. Compulsion training, as I said, relies on techniques and methods and pieces of equipment that are designed to cause pain mm. and fear and also to to make the dog obey. It's a very it's it's very sort of old fashioned theory and um, but obviously it's still practiced today. Now we know it doesn't matter whether you've got a Pomeranian or a Pitbull or you've got a Chihuahua or a Doberman that um, positive training works across the board. Punitive training works as well to a point. But um, the difference with punitive training is that it can cause the dogs to become very insecure. And they will obey because they're worried of what's going to happen to them if they don't. Mm-hmm. But they can become very insecure and it causes dogs to become emotionally Im- imbalanced emotionally unstable we don't want that so a lot of people think that positive training only works on the little dogs or the easy dogs well actually now because i'm helping train police dogs and high drive working dogs we prove it proof that it works on even the high drive dogs and also when you've got a dog that's this aggressive dog or a red zone dog it can really help modify that aggressive behavior depending on the cause of it um 
So that's what positive training is all about. And that's the two differences. And um, Ali, jump in here. To me, it's as simple as, do you want to teach your dog what you do want him to do or even give him the choice? I like this. I also like this. Or do you want to have to go through and teach him every case? I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. Does that make sense to you? I mean, if I had a boss at work and I would offer something and he would just say, no, not that. And I said, well, what about this? No, not that. Well, what about this? No, not that. I would either just give up or just sit there and do nothing, which a lot of times that's what dogs do is they sit and do nothing, which looks like good behavior that we want, but it's really just they don't know what to do. So I'd much rather go show my dog what I do want him to do and give him the option of, hey, you could do this or that. I think positive training puts the emphasis on teaching dogs what to do rather than what not to do. That That's it. Because I would rather spend time teaching my dog what to do in the beginning when I get my dog and keep reinforcing that throughout, but really live a life of harmony and happiness with my dog rather than just having to tell my dog off all the time. I mean, don't get me wrong. Positive trainers aren't permissive. Mm-hmm. We don't allow dogs just to do anything. We you say do no. give them boundaries. We do say no. We just do it in a way that doesn't instill fear and doesn't, inst- doesn't cause the animal pain. That's it. But we still have boundaries and we have dogs that are very, very compliant, but it's a relationship based on cooperation and not domination. All right. Um, How about this one? This is a good one from Ashley in Minnesota. And when I say Minnesota, we use every single letter in uh, in that word. Like there's no silent. Minnesota. Gosh. What if we They're did, like looking at me like, what's crazy? Did you hear the dig? You heard the dig. <laughs> if we did skip one. What I was like, there is a Minnesota. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is Ashley, and she says, my dog doesn't pay attention to me on walks. I try everything, treats, saying his name, switching directions. He won't look at me. It's almost like he's nervous about something. He's a rescued stray, but I don't want walks to be stressful for him. Help. What is he again? It doesn't say what he is. Mm. Um, it just says he's a rescued stray. He's a rescued stray. Right. I, I got to tell you, you know, you know my dog, Barnsley. It's Black yeah. and Coonhound, and he's a difficult walker. Um, so I get that. I, I totally understand her pain. But you gave me quite a bit of good advice. I think, yeah, it's finding out why the dog is, is not liking the walks or why the dog is lunging, why the dog's reacting finding out what the triggers are mm-hmm. and helping the dog uh, adapt to those triggers. Or if he's already been sensitized to a trigger, how do you desensitize him? So, for example, he doesn't like other dogs. How do you desensitize him to other dogs? Um, if he's scared about the environment ar- uh, around him, why? What are the triggers that make him uncomfortable? Why is he lunging? You know, the, a lot of dogs, even though it kind of looks nasty, it just comes from a place of insecurity. Mm-hmm. If you've got a secure dog, they don't need to lunge. Mm-hmm. They're like, they, you know, you can have secure dogs that actually maybe aren't that sociable with other dogs. That's fine. They're not that sociable with other people. That's fine, but they're secure. They don't need to bark and lunge. They just walk with you, and they're happy. That's like my Sadie. She she just doesn't need a, a lot of dogs around her. So, again, it's finding out the cause, finding out the trigger, and working with that. And I, and I think going back into the home, how many times does your dog look at you in the house? I mean, we can teach the mm. dog that we do want him to look at us. So when we're sitting in the home and your dog looks at you, oh, yes, what a good boy. And here's a little, you know, here's a little treat. Here's a little food and rewarding him for looking at you in the home. And then maybe you can move to your driveway. Can he look at you in your driveway? Is he okay in the backyard? Kind of teaching him, again, what you want him to do. And if you've really just ruined the environment around your house, if your dog just really doesn't look forward to it, Can we try the car? Can we go somewhere else? Just drive several blocks away and maybe try that environment and bring some super duper yummy treats. I love that. That's good.
Good answers. Okay. This is youth is a dynamic duo. I know. I'm liking this. I'm like, oh, I get that. Oh, I get that. Oh, I get that. (laughs) See, this is what the training does. Okay. So David in Pennsylvania says, my eight-year-old Beagle Border Collie does not like my 11-month-old son. Okay. He keeps growling at him and showing teeth. It's heartbreaking to me as he was my baby and now he's obviously jealous. Can you help me, please? And this is something that hits at the heart of what you do, dog bite prevention. It does. And And good for David for being aware of that behavior and knowing there's a warning sign going on. We like that. Um, And what Ali just said, oh, thank God he's growling. I'm so glad. Why? I'm so glad That seems to me that would not be a good thing. Yeah, well, you know, if the dog is uncomfortable, we'd rather the dog give feedback than do nothing at all and go straight to bite. Mm. Growling is important and it's really, I mean, it's our human nature to be able to tell the dog stop or punish the growl. And in some circumstances, some circumstances that might be warranted. But here we've got to understand that the dog is growling for a reason. It feels uncomfortable. Now, it's easy for us to be able to put on how we might feel in that situation and put that onto our dog. Um, anthropomorphize maybe our dog's intent. But really, is the dog jealous or is the dog just really, really uncomfortable? Yes. And I would also say the first thing I would do is take the dog to the vet to be sure. You know, it, it may make sense that, I mean, the son is 11 months old. So has the dog been growling for 11 months or did this suddenly come up? If we have any sudden behavior change, I immediately say, let's get him examined at the vet. No big deal. At least just get that, eliminate that from our repertoire. I think one of the biggest mistakes that new parents make is that they, they, they do care for their dog and they want to make time for their dog. So when the baby comes, they don't want the dog to feel you know, left out. So when the baby goes down for a nap, they play with the dog. Well, what that's really teaching the dog is whenever the baby is away, I get to play. And every time the baby is present, I don't get attention from my parents. And that does generate some mixed feelings and conditions the dog to not like the child. So it is important that if you have one, um, maybe you have the mother working with a child or feeding the child or whatever, and then you have the father can be playing with the dog or feeding the dog. So it's important to work the family dynamics all together. So basically make the the environment harmonious and comfortable when the baby's there for the dog and make it inclusive and just the most positive thing you can. Absolutely. And I think we need to mention management too. Yes, yeah, because, you know, babies 11 months and and a lot of 11-month-old babies are walking. Uh, you know, they're starting to walk or they're crawling. They're definitely crawling. And they're pulling themselves and up on yeah, stuff. So, you know, now that's getting, that's that's now even more, um, you see that's a time when the baby starts crawling and the baby starts walking. Then you have dogs that maybe have been fine when the baby's been carried around, but now they're moving. Whoa, that's scary stuff. Or that's just weird. Or get out of my space. So here's where you have management. We have, everyone's heard this, I know, but people still don't do it. Never, ever, ever, ever leave your infant, baby, toddler, young child alone with a dog at any time, no matter how lovely that dog is, at any time. And when the dog and baby are together, you have to be actively supervising. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you're standing at the kitchen sink doing the dishes whilst the baby's crawling around and the dog's in the room. It means you are there with the baby when the baby's crawling around. Active supervision. If you can't do that, dog's behind a baby gate, in the crate, make sure, you know, don't isolate them too much, but behind a baby or gate. Or the baby's in a baby Or the baby's, the baby's in, in the pen. crib and the pen. So don't that, the baby you know. In the crate. Baby pen. Yes. The baby pen. <laughs> I meant a pen. And, and yeah, and. Um, play place. A play pen. Yes, yes. Play pen, not a crate. <laughs> we don't put babies in the crate. Um, but, you know, that kind of yes. stuff. That That's that's what we 
tell. Management is the most important thing. And I think you're right. I think you had said before uh, in a previous aspect too, you know, with little kids, especially like that, they don't have control completely of their bodies and they make sudden movements and they make these squeals and noises that can be startling. And even if the dog is not aggressive or cares about it, it just... It could be a natural reaction. Like, think about it. When somebody exactly. taps you on the shoulder, you're not expecting them. You you jump. Or some people, like, mm-hmm. swing or whatever. That reaction, the dog may have it. Not, there's not a malicious intent. It's just, uh, you know, an involuntary reaction. The amount of times that, um, you know, that we have when I get we get called that the child's been bitten or the child's been mauled or whatever, it's because, um, you know, the kid has been either crawling around the dog or has used the dog to pull itself up. Or as they get older, they want to kiss the dog. Mm-hmm. And studies have shown that kids that are three, four, five, when they're shown a picture of a dog growling like that, what do they say? Oh, the dog's smiling because showing teeth. People show teeth when they smile. Dogs are just smiling. They don't understand. Really important. So management is key. And really just these baby pictures. When I go on my Facebook feed and I see all these oh, yeah, I know. quote unquote cute baby photos yeah. where the baby's like baby sleeping on the dog or riding the dog or all of these instances when the an infant even yeah. at times or toddler is in, you know, touch contact with the dog and I see stress signs from the dog or maybe not. And so even if you think that your baby and your dog are so cute together and 99% of the time they get along very well, it's still important to give the dog space. Mm -hmm. Every year when we do the National Dog Bite Prevention and Behavior Conference, which again, Kingston-upon-Thames, March, no, it's not March, (laughs) it is June, um, the 24th and 25th, when we do that, um, we... I always show, I start the conference with my sort of my favorite YouTube video of the year, mm-hmm. which is always the worst YouTube video there is out there Apparently of a child with a dog. And it's not my favorite in a good way, but it best shows best just what's out there and what people are putting up there. It's extraordinary. The last one we had is where a baby is... Or a toddler is just, you know, encouraged to go ride the dog, the Rottweiler. Ugh. This Rottweiler is amazing. He's so patient. And the baby's pulling on his mouth and pulling on his ears and riding on him and jumping up and down. It is the most terrifying thing you've ever seen. Oh, it's just me out. Yeah, I know. And right? gives me sweaty paws, too. Oh and then the parents go, I don't know. He was such a great I dog. Said, you don't know why the dog bit. You morons. Yeah. Morons. Yeah, and sorry. It usually goes over for years because you see this cute. I, I see all these cute little like thirty second videos where they show the baby and the puppy growing up together, and it's over time. And they show how they're best friends and how they wear costumes together and how they ride on each other or whatever. And it, it does. It looks very cute. It looks very endearing. And to me, that's some of the worst propaganda. That so so many people go say yes, I do want my I want them to grow up and be siblings together and have all these great interactions. But really, it's how if your dog is that patient, it's almost even more sad because mm-hmm. the dog was so patient for years and years and years. And maybe they, you know, maybe they're hurting that day or they're having a bad day or yeah. even not even a bad day. The kid's hand slips and pokes them in the eye accidentally. Or and it just takes one. It just takes one bite. All right, we have time for one more question. Yes. All right, one more. Um, this is from Sarah in the UK. And Sarah says, hi, Victoria. Please could I have some advice? We got a black lab puppy on Christmas Eve and she's now nine weeks old. She's always been a bit nippy, and we know that puppies explore with their mouths. However, she's getting quite aggressive with her biting, and we aren't really sure what to do to discourage it because her little teeth because of her little teeth, it hurts quite a lot. 
what would you suggest, please? Okay, yeah. Um, the best thing to do, well, I mean, the best thing to do is redirection. In in all of these cases, is redirection. Now, when she she says she gets quite aggressive, it, you know, dogs when they play will get a little over aroused, mm -hmm. and I don't mean aroused in that sense. I mean just over aroused, just excited. Over excited, yeah. And um and then they you know and puppies if they haven't learned that actually biting on skin or clothes hurts, they'll just do it more and more and more. Um, so you can just kind of I would say biting stops play. So if the dogs sort of nibbling on you you just go uh oh get up and leave but also um you know i also encourage redirection just mm -hmm. to have a lot of different puppy toys there and i'm talking about rubber toys and you can put toys and so they're iced a little bit so that they relieve painful gums um and always redirect that nipping chewing onto something meaning positive. so like if it's biting on your hand then you know take your hand away and do the uh oh ow and then give them the correct toy and then encourage yeah. them to chew on it and the problem is sometimes if you go ow or you whatever that actually encourages the puppy mm. to do more so sometimes i'll just go oops and get up and walk away like done Plays stopped i don't want my puppies to stop playing but i do if they start mouthing me i do want to give them feedback that that's not acceptable to me but and um, that's why i like redirection as well so i'll just have a plethora mm -hmm. of toys victoria how do you feel about bitter apple spray and putting nasty things on um, hands okay you know what again it, it all depends sometimes i will put some just unpleasant tasting that that tastes very nice but you know some people think that maybe that's aversive and of course you've got to be careful in putting stuff like that because you don't want the puppy ingesting a lot of that thing so I'm in two minds about that. Mm -hmm. I actually heard a great tip the other day from one of your Victoria Stowell Positively Dog Trainers, um, Donna Yes. told me that she will put lavender um, some essential oils on her hands and it immediately calms the puppies that they actually don't want. It's, it's, the smell is a little See? but they just get so calm that they kind of forget why they were biting. It just kind of Isn't that brilliant? Down. I love that. I think that, again that's a really great idea. And you have to know it works idea. for your dog because I do yeah. cashmere, my sweet crazy little dog too. She uh, she was chewing on windowsills. This was before Victoria came to our house to fix her. And so we got the bitter apple stuff and she loved that bitter yeah. apple stuff and she would just lick it and chew more and she and I was like what is going on? So that apparently wouldn't work. Next thing I know I would have no fingers because she loved it so much. Yes. She likes to eat. Yes. Like her mom. Oh, she does. She's lovely. <laughs> She's lovely. But great so, advice. This is good. I, I mean, and great? keep them coming on positively.com slash uh, podcast. Is that where we have our questions? Look, I've already lost my frame of mind. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Good thing they have notes for me. Um, so your questions go to uh, positively.com and you can do ask Victoria slash backslash ask Victoria. And that's where you can load up questions and we will hopefully get them and answer them. You know, they say time flies when you're having fun. I cannot believe we've come to the end of another podcast. How does that happen? I don't know, but um, Quit I, so you much know, fun. I really love doing the Ask Victorias with somebody else here. It's <laughs> great. I think it's always great to have another trainer um, come and give, uh, and give their information too because – you know, hey, you get two for the price of one here. I like that. But, you know, your website, I'm telling her, it's her website, and I'm telling her about her website. But um, on your website, I love your message boards, the forums, because people ask questions, and many of your trainers will chime in. And what's great is because, like we had mentioned in that fake, not every dog is treat motivated. Not every dog is toy motivated. So different trainers have different perspectives and different things to try. I know I've done it and I've tried a couple different ways to see which one works for my dog best from different trainers and it's brilliant. 
Yeah, and different trainers have different specialties. And that's one of my favorite things about being a Victoria Stillwell Positively Dog Trainer is that it's a sharing and nurturing environment Mm -hmm. that we, you know, we share information with one another. And so we can grow as a group and we can grow and help dogs. Um, I also think, you know, the Victoria Stillwell Academy, once you're a student of ours, you're a student forever Mm -hmm. because you're part of the family. You're part of the team. We'll we'll never forget you. Um, Never. (laughs) No, no, seriously. We really are. We're kind of a welcoming family and I hope you um, never forget me no, I'll never forget we, you Holly even well, listen, I give you plenty of reasons never to forget me but that's all while you're laughing and drinking so it's okay anyway it was so nice to have you here Allie thank, thank you, you so much Allie. Thank that you so was much so good me. and again if you're interested please go to victoria um, vs com to find out more information about the Victoria Still Academy for dog training and behavior um, it is the best. It is. I've been there. I've seen Learning it. option you can have. I might come to one of your classes. You never know. Till next time. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook and YouTube as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at Victoria S. This season of the Positively Podcast is brought to you by Adaptil. Best behavior starts with Adaptil. Go to Adaptil.com to learn more. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively. <laughs>